Super Talk Mississippi media production. Well, free record on my count. Seven, six, five, four, three, two, roll A, fade up on A. Southern Miss to the top. You're tuned in to the Eagle Hour. Live from the Southern Bancor studios in Hattiesburg and downtown Laurel, it's the Eagle Hour Tuesday edition. Thank you for joining us today. Luke Johnson in Laurel, Michael Mergens in Hattiesburg. Bob's back tomorrow. Kelly's off for a couple more days. Happy to have you along, whether you're listening to us live or uh, later on in podcast form. Happy to have you Joining us on the Eagle Hour today, we'll be talking baseball, RPI, and some hosting sites later on with our uh, RPI guru, Patrick McGee of Hattiesburg. We'll be uh, talking to him just a little later. We'll get to uh, basketball here in just a moment, but bring you uh, the first segment of the Eagle Hour is brought to you every day by Dickie's Barbecue, located in a community near you. All the fresh meats, best cooked brisket, sausage, ribs, it's all there available for you. They cater also. So as you're thinking about your summer get-togethers, think about Dickie's Barbecue. Cooked here, loved everywhere. Happy to have uh, on the phone with us Southern Miss head basketball coach Jay Ladner, who is, uh, we only got him for one segment today because of the uh, Sunbelt Conference meetings. And, Coach, you're there right now. And have, have are they making you and Old Dominion and Marshall go through any type of initiation, or is it mutual respect now? <laughs> the old, old fraternity initiation where we <laughs> <laughs> Maybe go through a little hell week or something, huh, Luke? No, uh, no, no. Actually, to be honest with you, just uh, open arms. Uh, we're we're uh, this is one of the great parts of the job when they throw the they say you have to go to the spring meetings. A lot of times when anybody hears uh, any kind of meetings with their own job, it's usually bad. But we're at the Sandest and Hilton uh, in Destin, Florida. It's incredible weather. I got up this got in late last night and. Uh, Got a little exercise in this morning, and uh, of course started meetings. We 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 go back here at one thirty, which is why I'm having to cut our our segment short. I do apologize to y'all, but uh, beautiful weather, uh, a neat neat place to be, and of course uh, Jeremy McLean's here. Uh, Will Hall, Will and I uh, had had dinner last night, and we by the way, I'll I'll just say this: we are in in tremendous hands with with Coach Hall. Does a great job, and of course. Coach McNellis is here, I, and and then I think our our spring sports go in the fall. I think that's when they go because, of course, all the their seasons are either uh, in process or just ending. So I, I think it's kind of a little bit of a flip flop. But anyway, uh, excited to be here and really excited. This will be our first meeting this afternoon with the basketball coaches of the Sun Belt Conference. Of course, I just uh, visited with Coach Dan Tony, who's the Marshall head coach. Uh, and he and I, he and I were actually going to walk down together here in just a few minutes. Um, and, and anyway, we were just talking about the really the breath of fresh air that that it seems to be. And I'm not in any way throwing shade on Conference USA. I really felt like Conference USA was a great men's basketball league. I thought it was undersold and undermarketed, but a great league. But we're going into a great league, and just the way that they do things in such a first class and personable way is is refreshing. So I I really. Uh, I want to applaud our leadership, of course, Dr. Bennett, Jeremy McLean. Uh, I think they've got us in the right spot, and I think that's going to – our fan base will see that very soon. 
Yeah, I mean, it's been, what, a quarter of a century since Southern Miss has – no one has ever made a transition, you know, from a conference uh, th- this way and you know, in the last quarter century. Uh, what's the fraternity like among the SBC coaches? Did you know some of those guys? Yes, I did. Uh, of course, we had uh, just, just, of course, in my time in coaching, and gosh, Luke, it seems like I just started out the other day as a high school coach, but this will be my 32nd year and uh, as a head basketball coach at some level. And, of course, I've taken a non-traditional route into it. It was a high school coach, junior college, and uh, lower division one at southeastern Louisiana, and, of course, now as a mid-major and hope to be power soon uh, at Southern Miss. Um, but but it, it's yeah, I do know when of course we had gone back to play, beginning to play. One of the things I wanted to do when we took over a couple of years ago was to to start playing some of our regional, longtime regional uh, opponents like Louisiana Lafayette. Of course, that's a Sun Belt team now. Um, uh, Louisiana Monroe Sun Belt team in South Alabama. We had done that, so we have we of course had had added those teams already to the schedule. So. Uh, Bob Marlin and, of course, Richie Riley, Keith Richard, uh, those guys are have been longtime friends even prior to come to Southern Miss. Uh, but but it's good to have a little bit of a, a relationship with some of the coaches. And, of course, Jeff Jones at Old Dominion and, and uh, Dan D'Antoni at, at Marshall, um, you know, are guys that I had a great relationship with in Conference USA. So they'll be joined. So at least six of the coaches have a have, – I know all of them – but six have a very close personal relationship with. So I think that's certainly going to make things easier. But I'm anxious to get in there today and kind of see what their feel is as compared to, to where we've been the last couple of years because it, it certainly seems very, very positive and upbeat. And, uh, and of course, they, they seem to have great leadership uh, in the Sunbelt Conference. Luke, and here's what I mean by that. And, again, I'm not criticizing anybody. I'm just putting comparing and contrasting. But the, the, of the time that I was in Conference USA, we never had one time did any of the conference leadership visit us at our school. Uh, two weeks ago, we had the entire administrative staff of the Sunbelt Conference come to Hattiesburg and meet with us. Uh, if, for instance, I would meet with the commissioner for 30 minutes. Then I wow. may go meet with the person that was over marketing for 30 minutes. Then I'd meet with the person, uh, the administrator for men's basketball for 30 minutes just to get to know them. They're getting my thoughts and then, of course, letting us know that how they go about doing things. So I just thought that was first class. And, and not only that, they're working. There's a lot of communication back and forth. And uh, their visibility and accessibility just seems to be – um, uh, you know, again, they're, they're doing things in a first-class way. Great stuff. Uh, we we hope those meetings uh, go well. Let's turn the page to to recruiting. Uh, got got some spots to fill. You guys have been working hard. Uh, announced today, uh, Kobe Montgomery from from Triton College. We were talking about him, big six four kid out of Louisville, Kentucky, possibly a steal in the transfer portal. And uh, you know, between some of the early kids you got with Austin Crowley and and uh, Alvarez, there, there's been yep. some other guys besides Montgomery. Tell us about who, uh, who's who's going to uh, be coming to Hattiesburg. Well, as you. You know, as we talked about, probably beat 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 a pulp to it. You know, Luke, we had you know we've talked about uh, spots to fill, and of course we've had a very active transfer transfer portal, um, and uh, so we had a number of spots to fill, and and we're excited about about the guys that that we've been able to land. And I will start, of course, with our latest, and maybe then work back and, and certainly highlight um, uh, some of the guys that we have. But Kobe Montgomery was my of uh, 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 he's a junior college player from Triton, 
uh, by way of uh, Triton's located just outside of Chicago, and of course he's from Louisville, Kentucky. Big, strong, six four can just just shoot the cover off the thing. But a bit, he kind of goes with. Uh, I've been a three-year junior college guy, which is a little bit rare these days, and you won't see it in a couple of years because of that extra COVID year. And, and one of the intentional things that we tried to do in terms of recruiting at the, at, as, as soon as the season was had ended was we wanted to make sure we got old and we wanted to get bigger, and especially in the perimeter, um, we wanted to get bigger. And if you look at all the guys that we've signed – uh, you know, we're going to have really changed our physical look out there. Uh, Crowley, 6'5". Kobe, not only 6'5", but looks the part. I, people ask me about Austin Crowley all the time. I think he, of course, I think with a lot of our players, I think are, are potential stars in the making. Of course, a lot has to do with they, those guys, how they assimilate when they arrive on campus in June. But they're, they're big. They, they, when they walk through the door, they look the part. And, uh, you know, Crowley, 6'5", of course, Austin Montgomery, Donovan Ivory, 6'6". Uh, you know, these are these are guys that play the guard position. Of course, Neftali Alvarez is 6'1", but, of course, that's their point guard. And you have Mo Arnold, of course, returning. DeAndre Pinckney, of course, is another key returner for us. That was a, you know, we had to fight off some uh, hard, hard, uh, you know, charged by a lot of the Power Five schools for DeAndre because I, he he finished the season really strong, and uh, of course uh, there, there's 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 one more that that's been signed uh, that's one of the top players in the portal that I really can't talk about because he hasn't cleared compliance yet, and that's why you haven't seen it released. So uh, by the next time I get on, or even sooner, I'm certain, over the next couple of days, but of course the next time I'm on, maybe when you have me on, Luke, in a week or two, we'll be able to talk about him, but that's very exciting. We've, we've signed, like I said, one of the uh, I can't mention the name yet because I'm sure. not allowed to, but one of the top, top about a 6'10 kid, one of the top uh, kids in the entire transfer portal. So we're really excited about that. We have a young man, a big kid. We signed a big kid from uh, transfer from South Carolina State, Sebastian Gitian. Um, well, we, we signed two players. Uh, of course, you could start putting the uh, – if you really did some deep diving, you'd put some of the uh, pieces together. We signed two players from the Chilean national team. There's a third that, that may be – Maybe I just mentioned, uh, but I can't mention his name. That's a, another member of the Chilean national team that, that I can't talk about uh, yet, but uh, that, that come along with him. So it, it, all in all, it's been an exciting class. We have one and possibly two spots uh, scholarships left to fill. Um, and, and so I'm in, in our, our, our workouts uh, 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 this spring, like we had, we have a number. This is the first time since I've been at Southern Miss. We've had five. We have five players volunteer voluntarily stay. Yeah. Just so they could get some extra workouts in and li- continue lifting. Of course, it's not required. They have to do that all on their own. And that right. that that's that's my point. Is uh, they they're staying over to continue the momentum that they had from the spring. So, you know, we've got our back to the wall, Luke. We all know that. And and uh and and but our intention is to to flip that thing around this year and let's get let's let's recapture uh, the momentum that we had when we took the job a couple years ago. Good stuff, Coach. Thanks for your time. I appreciate it very much. Luke, Luke, look forward to being on next time. Thank you all so much for always having me, okay? Jay Ladner, Southern Miss Basketball. Southern Miss to the top. To the top. You're tuned in to the Eagle Hour. Appreciate Jay Ladner, Southern Miss head basketball coach, joining us in that first segment as he is 
down at the beaches in Florida for the Sunbelt Conference meetings. Good stuff. Um, heard him talk about just how well it's being done. And uh, interesting that didn't happen under Conference USA, but you know, just a few weeks ago, the entire conference leadership made the trip to Hattiesburg and met with the basketball coaching staff. Pretty impressive. I think we're all excited to head into the Sunbelt Conference. Luke Johnson, Michael Mergens from the Southern Bancor Studios in Hattiesburg, and Laurel, happy to have you on the Eagle Hour today. Second segment brought to you by Campus Bookmark, located online at campusbookmark.net and just across Hardy Street from the University of Southern Mississippi in Hattiesburg. All right, we talk about it a lot. We, uh, You hear us, not RBI, but RPI, and hosting possibilities and how uh, the selection committee determines hosting sites and all that. And something I'm, I, I love talking about, and uh, we are fortunate, not just on the Southern Miss side, but a kind of a gift to social media, Patrick McGee from Hattiesburg. I call him the numbers guy, RPI guru, analytics guru, uh, a good friend of mine. He's joining us now. Hey, buddy, thanks for coming on today. Glad to be on. It's been a little while, but I'm glad to talk about some RPI and hosting and all that. Absolutely. We should also mention uh, you, along with uh, Ben, uh, host the Buzzardry podcast. And I, I guess uh, it's kind of an inside joke. Uh, we, we're called the Mustard Buzzards from the outside world. And that's just a very, very unique name. I salute you for the for the name of your podcast. Yeah, we're just trying to take away the uh, negative part of it. You know, a lot of these other fan bases like to call us the Mustard Buzzards. So we're trying to take away their joy of calling us that and uh, trying to use it in a positive way. <laughs> all right, let, let's talk some RPI. Uh, there's uh, all of our li- a lot of our li- listeners understand uh, RPI is important, but just kind of give for the person out there that says, I hear you talk about these numbers a lot. I hear you going us going up and down. They've heard me say national polls don't matter. RPI does. The Cliff Notes version of RPI. Yeah, so it takes into account three components. Uh, 25% of it is your winning percentage. Uh, and the way they do the winning percentage is weighted to where a home win counts uh, less than uh, one. So it counts 0.7. Uh, home loss counts 1.3, and then a road win counts 1.3, and a road loss uh, counts uh, 0.7. Um, and then neutral wins uh, neutral wins and losses both count one. So it's basically to where uh, home wins are devalued, home losses are magnified, uh, and where road wins count more and road losses don't count as much, and neutral wins and losses uh, count just one, uh, just like a normal win percentage. And then I guess the, uh, the um, you get to the 50%. Fifty uh, percent of the formula is your opponent's winning percentage, and then the last twenty-five percent of the formula is your the winning percentage of your opponent's opponent. So, um, yeah, those are the three big components in RPI. When I played college football, you know there were like one hundred and twenty teams operating under the BCS. There's three hundred and one baseball teams. This is like the B- BCS on like super steroids. Yeah, it really is, and it's, it's just kind of they've made tweaks to it throughout the years. And but yeah, I guess it's just kind of the uh, it's the foundation, kind of the building block of uh, the selection process is that RPI, and you really have to have a good RPI uh, to get an at-large and to host as well. So, you know, it, it's it's volatile. You and I both uh, off-air use that, that adjective to describe it, simply because Southern Miss loses, uh, I think, Friday night. We dropped uh, to like 32, and then we jumped back up. And, and to your point, RPI fluctuates so much because it's not just based – on what you're doing, it's based off the teams that you've beaten or you've lost to or doing too. 
Right. And I'll, you know, this weekend, a lot of those teams in that range, kind of that 21 to 30 range, were all bunched up really closely. So there wasn't a whole lot of separation in it. Yeah, like you're saying, if you lose a game, it drops you about 10 or 10 spots. But then you come back, you win the last two games, and it jumps you up back up 10 spots. So, yeah, it was really volatile just the way the um, the lack of separation between those teams in the 20s were. But, yeah, I mean, just yesterday, uh, I think USM was number 20 in RPI, and then Georgia Tech beat Akron, and that allowed, like, Wake Forest to jump up just because that was a common – or that was opponent of uh, of Georgia – or of uh, Wake Forest, Georgia Tech was. So just that just that one game. Uh, brought USM down because it uh, left uh, Wake Forest up to 20. So, yeah, it is very volatile like that. So, Eagles are at 22 right now. And, and the reason somebody out there in, in the ether is like, okay, Johnson, like, what's the point? The point is, is that the RPI is a huge component of the selection committee. And, and Patrick, really, really, how much of it is it? When, so, when they're looking at, uh, we got 16 host sites uh, after tournament play. This decision will be making in you know the next 10, 12 days. How much of RPI goes into the selection process? Oh, I mean, like I was saying, it is the foundational piece of the selection process. But it is, it is also, it, you know, it's not the only thing that's taken into account. It is a tool, not the only thing that um, they use. But um, yeah, I mean, a lot of times they'll go almost straight down to 16 uh, RPI in terms of hosts. Uh, but, I mean, other things they take into account, your top 50 record, uh, you know, whether or not you won your regular season championship. And that was, uh, I was kind of researching that um, last week. It was basically where if you are in the top 16 RPI and you won a regular season championship in a top 10 RPI league, uh, which USM is in position to win the regular season title, obviously. Uh, we just need to uh, get in that top 16 RPI. But it, the teams that met both of those uh, credentials, 54 of uh, the 55 teams since 2011 in the BB Core era I've hosted. So it just goes to show that, yeah, if you have a top 16 RPI and you win a, uh, a pretty good league in the regular season, you stand a good chance to host. Yeah, Conference USA right now, I think fifth. Uh, yeah. which is which is pretty pretty impressive and and you know this is kind of a historic year we were talking I was talking to Heath Hinton yesterday and you look at Southern Miss is is 22 uh Middle Tennessee the opponent this week's at 48 UTSA who the Eagles just won a series is 47 Louisiana Tech is 54 I mean top 80 are for Conference USA this year I mean there's been six or seven teams in the last month Yeah I don't know I think for that conference tournament there may not be a team outside the top 100 of RPI uh, out of those eight teams, unless UAB or FAU or someone like that has fallen out. But, yeah, it's going to be really uh, important because you look at the Conference USA tournament, USM's obviously a lot, but uh, you look at there's kind of four teams on the bubbling CUSA between MTSU, UTSA, La Tech, and ODU. And that Conference tournament is going to be really big uh, as far as those teams getting in at large and improving their RPI uh, for the, uh, for the uh, selection, process, or selection Monday uh, next week. So Southern Miss right now, 22nd in the RPI, 38 and 14. Strength of schedule, 53rd. Now, this is the same RPI uh, metrics uh, poll that, that Patrick uses. Uh, this is Warren Nolan, which we've kind of found to be, you know, the most, uh, the, the most accurate. Uh, Southern Miss right now. So, so the RPI, Patrick, is uh, split into four types of wins, a quad one, which is a one to 50. RPI, your record against that, and then quad two, uh, 51 to 100, quad three, uh, where does the quad four break at? Uh, I think 151, 151 okay. and below. And and Southern Miss, 14 and one against quad four teams, five and oh, quad three. What's really helped the Eagles is that quad two record. They're 15 and six right now, and then four and seven against quad one. 
Yeah, you look at the top 100 record. I mean, that really stacks up well with the other host contenders. You know, I guess the thing you're kind of worried about is uh, that top 50 record uh, where you're four and seven right now, and three of those uh, top 50 wins are right on the kind of the edge of being top 50 or top 100. You look at Old Dominion, uh, UTSA. Those are three of top uh, 50 wins, and those teams are right kind of on that edge of 50. But then right outside of it, you also have Louisiana Tech, uh, kind of around 53 maybe. Alabama's at 55. Louisiana Tech's at 56 around those, kind of low to mid, uh, low to mid 50s. So you really want to root for those teams to do well. You want to root for Alabama to somehow, uh, take two games from Arkansas, uh, this weekend. If they do that, they'll probably get in the top 50. You want La Tech, uh, to take two, maybe even, might even take them three wins to get in the top 50 at Charlotte. And I don't know if Lafayette can get in this week. They think they play, uh, maybe, Arkansas, Little Rock, or, or some team that didn't have a great RPS. It'd be hard for them to get up in there. But, hey, you want those teams right on the edge of the top 50 to uh, get in that Q1 range. Yeah, and then because that, that'll push us up. We could get, you know, seven or eight wins uh, against quad one teams. It'll push us up. And, you know, Ole Miss now at 37. So, uh, you know, that that April win against the Rebels looking pretty good right now. But, you know, you're, uh, you win against Mississippi State, null and void right now. And, and uh, really, and, and you and I were talking about it's about a minute left in this segment. Next segment, we'll talk about what the Eagles have to do to host and, and a few more things. What's killing the Eagles right now is a sweep. The RPI is actually punishing the Eagles for their sweep of North Alabama. Yeah, it is. North Alabama right now is 286 or 287 in RPI. I was around the numbers on that. Um, a couple days ago, and it, basically, if you took those three wins out of the equation, USM would be maybe 13 in RPI, 13 or 14, <laughs> definitely within the top 16. So, yeah, it's kind of somewhere if you play a couple games against uh, really bad competition, that'll really drag you down. So, you can hate that that's the case. So, yep. That's, uh, and, and that's going to bring up what we're going to talk about in the next segment. There have been teams, I talked about this with Heath Hinton yesterday, but I want to go more in depth with Patrick about it. There are teams now, this week, one team in this state that is canceling games tonight so that their RPI will not be hurt. That may open up a Pandora's box of possibilities, winning at any cost. We're going to take a break, come back, and uh, talk more. What the Eagles got to do to host, how RPI affects that, uh, who Patrick thinks, uh, uh, what exactly what the Eagles need to do, not only this weekend in Middle Tennessee, uh, but, but in the conference tournament. And then we're going to dive into possibly a, this Pandora's box of, of what happens if you allow teams just to cancel games at will. Eagle Hour continues on a Tuesday right after this. Eagle Hour continues on this Tuesday, third segment, as always, brought to you by 4th Street. 4th Street, great food, great times, right across Highway 49 from the University of Southern Mississippi, home of the 995 lunch. 
And uh, you can watch some Southern Miss baseball this weekend as they take on Middle Tennessee. Luke Johnson, Michael Mergens from the Southern Bancorp Studios in Laurel and Hattiesburg. We continue with Patrick McGee, analytics guru and co-host of the Buzzardry podcast. Uh, I think it's safe to say you've been a Southern Miss fan for probably nine months before you were born. Is that accurate, Patrick? Uh, I think that is probably accurate, yes. <laughs> Same yes. here. You and me, uh, diehard, diehard dude. So we continue this conversation. So so let's uh, – we moved out of the RPI, and, and of course, it, it will be affected by this. What does Southern Miss have to do? It's hard to believe, you know, just about three weeks ago, uh, top five ranking, top ten RPI, uh, possibility for a, a national – uh, seed host, uh, a lock for a host, and now we're we're on the bubble. I think that that's the your your usage of, of that word. Southern Miss is, is in the bubble right now. Kind of walk us through where they stand regarding uh, you know the hosting possibilities and what they need to do to get back uh, to, to hosting. Yeah, so I, I have uh, out of the out of the host, I got the, kind of five teams on the bubble, and I have UVA as the fifteen. Gonzaga is the 16, and then the two teams out. First team's out, Florida State 17, USM 18, and then possibly whoever wins the Big 12 regular season title could be a wild card there um, out of the, the, as the third team out. But I think uh, you look at USM, I think uh, without getting into what the other teams, what teams you need to lose, I think USM either needs to sweep MTSU or get to the finals of the tournament next week or take two out of three. Uh, against MTSU and then win the conference tournament. That that would hopefully get you around. I mean, that would definitely get you in the top 16 of RPI, kind of maybe in that 12 to maybe 13 range, maybe. You know, it's been a lot of other teams to do, get a little above that. But I think the teams you got to root against, you really want to root against uh, Florida State. They're going to UNC this weekend. You want to root against Gonzaga. They're going to San Diego uh, this weekend. You want to root against uh, Virginia. They're going to Louisville. And all three of those are pretty tough series, and all three of those teams are projected to uh, make a regional at this point. So I, I think it's, it's pretty realistic. If you say USM, let's say they win this series uh, against MTSU, and two of those three teams that I just listed off lose their series, I think it's um, you know pretty plausible that you would be projected as a host, or at least in pretty good position uh, to be a host heading into that conference tournament. But yeah, a conference tournament is going to be important. You, you want to at least get to the final. You don't want to uh, you know, go out as one and two or two and two. So uh, we, we've got connections to San Diego. We can ask Bill McGill's to put the juju on on Gonzaga. <laughs> uh, but I don't know if I can cheer for Louisville. I I, I just I don't know. I, I, that's and I'm gonna have to cheer for Louisiana Tech, which is difficult. And I'm gonna have to cheer for Alabama. I mean, you're asking me to do a hard thing. I uh, know you got to cheer for all these teams that we uh, we like to root against. But yeah, I guess another team you maybe root against Maryland. Uh, I have them as a pretty secure. Uh, host right now, but if they were to lose two out of three, that could possibly knock them out of a Big Ten regular season title, which is kind of the main part of their resume uh, for hosting. So, yeah, Rudy Gantz, uh, they are playing Purdue, so I hope you don't have any grudge against uh, Purdue. They feel like they're, uh, they're pretty non-offensive, I guess. <laughs> yeah, so, you know, with with the Conference USA Championship, Southern Miss basically needs to win one as they're, you know, and then that would, uh, that would one win would do it, right? Thursday night would do it? Yeah. So Eagles could wrap that up, but but you 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 got to f- close the weekend out. I mean, you you've got to. Is it at this point now, Patrick, where the Eagles have to show can't really give the the committee any 
chance, uh, you know, to, to keep them out where they would be the 17 or the 18. I'm talking about like a semifinal appearance in the tournament after a, uh, after you know winning the Conference USA regular season crown. Uh, so you're saying they've got to win regular season and they got to make it to the final, which is what four more games, four more wins. Yeah, I think that's right. I think there's a scenario where if you go, let's say you make it to the, let's say you sweep MTSU, uh, and then you make it to the semifinals. I think there's a scenario where I mean that could potentially be a coin flip, fifty-fifty, as to whether or not US most. And it's going to be really dependent, like I was saying, on what those other teams do, where your RPI is. You know, you really want to be in that top sixteen, maybe top seventeen uh, range to host, but. Yeah, you want to. Um, yeah, at a minimum, you feel like semifinals, but you probably need to make it uh, to at least the finals. And uh, given the conference tournament is, is at home, you feel like that's a pretty realistic uh, possibility. Yeah. So if you if you sweep, you're at forty one and fourteen going to the tourney. If you uh, drop one, you're at forty and fifteen. And then, I mean, yeah, you got the possibility to get forty four wins, you know, in the tournament, um, which. It'd be hard. I mean, it would be hard to turn down a forty-three and a fifteen, much less a forty-four and a fourteen. I mean, that that would be tough. It's happened before. All right, let's turn the page because I, I was really intrigued about hearing your uh, your thoughts about this because you you know in the stuff that you put out, which is great stuff on social media, always running through the hypotheticals. So comes out this week: Texas A&M, TCU, uh, Texas State, Ole Miss have canceled games. Uh, and and a lot of them, I, I think, uh, who was it? It, it, it was a TCU or, or uh, A&M coach that basically was like, hey, we don't want to drop an RPI. Um, other people are calling it, quote, scheduling change. I mean, we're opening a Pandora's box. I just want to get your take on that for, for people to basically save RPI uh, at any cost. Yeah, well, it's definitely strategic. And I was just kind of looking at uh, the Ole Miss situation today. So it was basically where – on the Warren Nolan, if they had played this game and they had won, they would have only dropped two spots. But if they had lost, it could have dropped seven spots. Where if you know if that happens, that could potentially put their at-large hopes um, in danger. And it's a similar thing with A and M, where if they had won, they probably would have only dropped maybe two spots or so. But if they had lost, they would have dropped ten spots. Uh, that would have you know potentially really uh, hurt their um, or you know it really would have hurt their national seed or hosting chances. So I think it's just a situation where you know, you don't want one game to completely uh, destroy your postseason resume. So um, I, I can see both sides of it. Um, where you're saying you, know, you should you know play the games as they're scheduled, or, or but I can also say or see that you know you, you don't want just one bad night. Um, you know, last midweek of the year uh, could potentially really really uh, destroy your your season kind of uh, with those at large and hosting. Uh, resumes. So, um, yeah, I mean, like you were saying, you, you talk about, you know, you just, maybe USM could go back and vacate those three wins against North Alabama. You'd put you in the top 16 of RPI. But, uh, yeah, and, and it is interesting because, you know, RPI, all the, the games, it doesn't matter when they're scheduled, they all count the same regardless if they're in February or if they're in May. And, you know, I know Ole Miss played Alcorn State, and Alcorn State, I believe, is uh, dead last in RPI. So, that, I mean, that game hurt them a lot more than Arkansas State would have when they played that. So, it's just kind of gets the timing. That's uh, kind of weird, but yeah, yeah. So, so two questions on it, maybe three, uh, and we'll just take them one at a time. Do, do you is that even a possibility that a team would? And I'm going to call it stoop because I think it's cowardly uh, to to not schedule for the sake of saving RPI. I mean, baseball coaches have the most 
you know, uh, control of schedules of anybody. So if, if if that's not that's not a baseball coach looking at an AD saying, why did you do this? That that's something that's on that that coach. For, so for that coach to cancel that, I, I think in in some ways is cowardly. So is there even a possibility to go back and vacate things? And do you think people would do that? Uh, I don't think so. I'm guessing there's some kind of some kind of rule or some kind of bylaw that would prevent you from doing that. I mean, I think at that point it's kind of a I guess it's a slippery slope at that point, and somebody would probably step in and uh, put a stop to it. But yeah, I mean, you can just, I mean, I'm sure every team would uh, like to vacate a couple of the wins because that's sure. hurting. I'm sure, you know, every team has a couple of games that's hurting their RPI. But that's kind of what uh, has been talked about in the past couple of weeks is uh, RPI. I mean, no, nothing official, but just kind of guys like Aaron Fitt have thrown it around from D1 baseball. Just the idea of where you'll say you drop your three lowest RPI wins. And those don't count um, against your RPI, and I think that would kind of put a stop to these cancellations, but also allow you to kind of play more local teams. I mean, you kind of look at USM. USM could play, you know, in the midweek could play a Jackson State or an Alcorn, but it just doesn't make sense from an RPI perspective because those teams would hurt your RPI. Right. Um, so if you put something in like that where you drop your three lowest uh, RPI wins, you could see, um, you know, a midweek game against Alcorn or Jackson State, whereas it doesn't really make sense under the current um, rules. So that was going to be my second question, if you could tweak it. And, and so I think that's a, that's a good tweak would be to drop the three uh, worst uh, wins. All right, uh, about 40 seconds left. So with this situation of cancellation, is it a case of a RPI needs to be badly fixed and because it needs to be badly fixed, teams are just dealing, you know, with with the possibilities of they're they're basically using the system because the system is so flawed it needs to be changed. I mean, so in one way, an advocate, devil's advocate, may look and say Johnson don't criticize because they're just operating with a flawed system. Yeah, I think that's what they're doing. They're just kind of getting around the rules, uh, manipulating the rules however they can, and uh, I guess canceling the game. That's you know kind of the best way you can do it without. Um, like you're saying, can't vacate. You can't really vacate wins. We, we don't think you can. So I mean, the really the best thing to do if you want your RPI to stay where it is, uh, just cancel the game and get ready for the weekend. I'm guessing. Yeah. Sure. Well, good stuff, man. We appreciate your time today. Thanks for uh, helping uh, a dummy like me understand uh, these things. Appreciate what you do on on social media, cranking out those numbers. Thanks for your time today, Patrick. Thanks, Luke, for having me on. Patrick McGee, co-host of Buzzardry Podcasts. And, of course, uh, you can follow Patrick on Twitter, WP McGee. He's one of the best, and he's a golden eagle. Eagle Hour will finish up this Tuesday edition. Me and Michael Mergens, stick with us. Tuned in to the Eagle Hour. The Eagle Hour. Southern Miss to the top. Final segment on this Tuesday. You know who sponsors it. D-Bat. D1 Training. On Hardy Street in Hattiesburg. D-Bat on the left. Softball batting cages. Baseball batting cages. You can work on fastballs. Off-speed. High in the zone. Low in the zone. Straight down the middle. 
Great pro shop there, Easton Rawlings, all the good stuff. And then on the right, D1 training, indoor 70-yard running facility, as well as a workout facility, DBAT and D1, proud sponsors of the Eagle Hour. Appreciate uh, Jay Ladner joining us uh, down in Sandestin as he's at the uh, Sunbelt Conference Meetings. It'll be interesting to uh, to talk to Coach uh, on the flip side of, of that, maybe in a, in a week or so. Uh, some more of these commitments coming in, possibilities he mentioned, maybe someone else coming in. But the Eagles get Kobe Montgomery from Triton College today, average 11.4 points last year uh, at the junior college level, 6'4 guard or 6'5 guard out of uh, Louisville, Kentucky. So appreciate his time. And then appreciate Patrick uh, McGee, Golden Eagle Patrick McGee, uh, just uh, joining us, breaking down RPI and and uh, everything that's got to go in. And, yes, uh, you, you got to pull for Louisville this weekend. <laughs> you got to pull uh, for Ole Miss this weekend. you got to pull for Louisiana Tech uh, this weekend because uh, we want that Eagles RPI uh, to, to go up. All right, Conference USA Baseball, there are a bunch of, of midweeks uh, tonight, Western Kentucky. At Bellarmine. I'm not sure where that is. Oh, it's actually in Louisville, Kentucky. Bellarmine. I guess that's college. Western Kentucky at Bellarmine. Old Dominion at VMI. Moorhead State is at Marshall. Charlotte goes down to Columbia to take on South Carolina. UAB at Troy. And then uh, a big one tonight. Uh, Patrick McGee mentioned it. Middle Tennessee playing at Vanderbilt in Nashville. That game on the SEC Network Plus. You can get a little preview of uh, the Blue Raiders who uh, who will take on Vanderbilt um, tonight. Speaking of Middle Tennessee, uh, head coach for the Blue Raiders will be on uh, tomorrow. Jim Toman will be on with us first segment uh, to tell us about his team as the Golden Eagles will travel up to Murfreesboro tomorrow to get ready for a Thursday, Friday, Saturday um series against uh, the Blue Raiders of Middle Tennessee. So appreciate Coach uh, Toman. He will join us tomorrow. Second segment we'll have on, uh, we'll welcome for the first time, Coach Jenny Hazelwood, brand-new volleyball coach uh, for the Golden Eagles. And uh, you you might remember her husband. Uh, he he was a football player in this state uh, about 20 years ago, and uh, he had a, an impact on, on my life as well. So we'll, we will uh, look forward to uh, talking to Coach Jeannie Hayeswood. And then Patrick McGee from NOLA.com will join us as he does every Wednesday. All right, Michael, just to, I just got a bone to pick, man, and, and I guess it's – how I was brought up, my father, and you don't avoid things, uh, you take things on. It just, it's just slimy to me that these schools are, are canceling these games that they scheduled to keep their RPI. I mean, it's like having your cake and, and eating it too. And I guess if you're not a fan of one of those teams, it really looks slimy, and I think that's kind of how I feel. But Patrick made a, a good point that they're working with what they've got, but – and you know, when it comes to sports, they're focused on what's happening right now this season, looking to the postseason. But what if this happens next season and another team is in that position, decides to do that, and it screws them over? So you got to look at the, the long term in this as well. And I think that's ultimately what's going to happen. But there's no question that the rules and guidelines for RPI need to change. And, and just to be honest here, if we did it. Yeah. To save RPI, I wouldn't. I'd like be fine it. with it. No, <laughs> no, I, I, no, I would. I'd be against. I wouldn't it too, like yeah. it, and 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 I guess I would smirk and smile, or and and but but I mean the fact is you're not playing the game, yep. you're canceling the game because you don't want to play the game. Yeah. So because you don't want to play the game, for whatever reason, you should forfeit the game. Yeah. 
Um, I think to Patrick's point, the idea of basically clipping your three worst wins, uh, that, that would help a lot. But yeah, you know, just, just looking at it, man, it just, ah, just, just icky. But I guess that's our society, Michael. Exactly. We're, What's happening is that participation trophy society and ideal is really starting to seep into the reality of college and professional sports because that generation is getting into that place now and i think that that's what we're going to be seeing more of that you don't need to really put a whole lot of effort into it just and, clever little moves yeah i mean to, to your point earlier i'm not going to look at i'm I, I i take back the c word that i said earlier i'm not going to call mike bianco a coward i'm not going to look at texas state or texas a&m or tcu and call them coward i, I think it's cowardly mm. to have a system in place that allows for such and when teams are getting punished for winning the games that they are scheduled, and teams are being rewarded for canceling the games that they have scheduled, it's not it's not indicative of a specific person or a coach or a program. It is indicative of a system that needs radical overhaul. Yes? Yes. And these teams that are not taking advantage of that and see the wrong, then they need to speak up in the the postseason and with the conference meetings and all that to make sure that uh, their voice is heard instead of just letting it happen because that's how it got to this point. No one really said anything. Yeah, good point. All right, that's going to wrap it up for today. Appreciate you joining us. If you missed uh, the early part of the show or any part of the show, you can go back and check us in podcast form iTunes, Google Play, Spotify, Stitcher. We're all there on podcasts. Bob will be back tomorrow. I'll join him, and we'll see you at 1 o'clock. And until then, Southern Miss. To the top. Time keeps on slipping, slipping, slipping into the future. Talk Mississippi Media Production.